Welcome to Sungha and Raz's Nutrition Perspectives. Come along with us as we explore diversity in dietetics. Okay, welcome everyone. I'm Sungha. Welcome to this podcast where we interview some amazing dietitians. Um, I'm joined by my co-host Raz. Hi guys, it's Raz and today we have the wonderful Dan with us. Dan is one of our admins for our Diverse Dietitian Support Group on Facebook if you've not joined it already and in particular he helps us to represent and give us the thoughts of LGBTQ plus members. So Dan, if you don't mind introducing yourself that would be great. Yeah sure, hi everybody. 38 year old guy, um, originally from London, probably been around the houses a bit in terms of places that I've lived, sort of been out in Australia for a little while, sort of spent quite a bit of time in Wales with sort of university and work. But I would probably describe myself as a bit of a jack of all trades in terms of interests and hobbies and that. So kind of got lots of fingers and lots of pies. <laughs> yeah, quite a sort of um, active person, I guess, sort of, you know, with the cycling, swimming, running and basically any sport really and really into my art painting and just sort of art history to a certain extent and music play a couple of instruments and enjoy sort of making music and being at live events um but also into the environment being outdoorsy sort of sort of where i'm living kind of out for walks in the hills and outdoors with the gardening and sort of links in with food you know homegrown stuff and um big foodie i think you don't have to be a big foodie working as a dietitian but it definitely helps um, <laughs> so yeah I think I've kind of uh, a product a little bit of my environment with like a lot of people grandparents or if your mother's sort of big into cooking you kind of uh, that rubs off in you a little bit so I think I've got a, a well instilled sense of sort of pretty much like every bit of food you can think of really nothing's really off <laughs> off limits as such so easy sort of person when it comes to four so Tied into sort of the podcast as well, sort of describe myself, classify myself as being bisexual, currently in a, a relationship with a woman, six months. Um, before that, my last relationship was with a man, which was for about eight years. So, And then before that, kind of just flitting back and forth between men and women overall. So me in a nutshell at the moment. <laughs> um, I think it sound, you sound like a very well-rounded person for sure. Lots of interest. Oh, well, um, hopefully. <laughs> Definitely. Wouldn't mind having you around for Christmas. <laughs> Anything that's put in front of you. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, um, obviously, this podcast is really about sharing experiences. And, you know, we've obviously got a lot of people with lots of experiences to bring. Um, and it's really lovely to have you on today. I think one of the questions, I suppose, is kind of asking you to share a bit of your lived experiences, specific, I guess, towards... Um, you know, your background, being as a dietitian, you know, your challenges and, you know, your positives even, and perhaps impact that has had uh, on yourself, really. Really would love to hear, you know, both sides. Coming from the perspective of a bisexual person working in dietetics, uh, the first thing that I guess mentioned, sort of setting the scene with that really, is that you're working in a profession that is massively female dominated. I think that, uh, that has influenced my behaviour a little bit in terms of how I feel in a department um, in terms of either wanting to discuss it or say coming out or how comfortable I feel about talking about bisexuality in general but I think when I think about the challenges that I've had in the workplace I think most of them are probably physical or a actual 
issues that have occurred. So, so from that angle, I guess it's it's sort of the, cha- the challenge with me has been dealing with that anxiety and concern, I suppose, and not letting it kind of mm-hmm. lead you down a path which is which has been quite sort of detrimental to your mental health, really. So, um, yeah. so I think going going into a department that's female dominated, I felt that by coming out as a bisexual person, especially as a bisexual man. Um, it would be a little bit escalating. You're, you're one of a few men in the department, and it's my a perception that by this being common knowledge, you're then maybe going to be viewed differently in terms of either uh, maybe not taken as seriously, or um, mm. maybe uh, yeah, just viewed in a, a different way to if they thought you were straight. I had no basis around this at all. It's just a perception that you had in you know in your own mind, really. But that was definitely something that was in the past have been sort of keeping me um keep me sort of from being more open um mm. i think also sort of not wanting to draw attention to myself or mm. get in get, you know didn't want to get any asked get asked any questions about it you know i think earlier on in you know maybe in my well mainly in my 20s i suppose wasn't really comfortable with being bisexual so yeah i didn't want any attention drawn to it so I'd, you know, avoid, I'd avoid some social gatherings where I thought it would it'd be not a chance that it might sort of be questioned or um, I tried to sit back in conversations and just kind of, kind of, you know, not really be seen, I suppose, or be a bit vague with answers if anything was, you know, mm. my way. I guess it kind of links in with any, any person who's maybe from a diverse background that doesn't fit in with the whatever the norm is of that group, should we say, that you don't want to be seen as odd or weird or different. Mm. And you just, yeah, kind of there's that desire to want to fit in, really, isn't there? So with the whole bisexuality thing, I think there's still a... Well, I've definitely felt a concern about people not understanding it or not fully... Mm. Uh, yeah, just not understanding it, I suppose, in terms of thinking, oh, you're just gay or look at you as a bit, yeah, a bit bizarre in that sense. But I think things have changed a little bit since, you know, since I started work, but that's still sort of... The concern, because I think as a bisexual person, you don't identify as gay or you know, or straight. So mm. if people are perceiving you as gay, it's kind of I found that quite difficult because although it doesn't really make yeah. any difference to me on a day to day basis or anything, it's just their their thoughts. It sort of it it can be quite uh, so. You know, that's one of the problems with being a bisexual person that whoever you're with, if it's a male or female people automatically assume you're straight or gay it probably depends at what stage you're at in terms of you know have you accepted your sexuality or how comfortable you are with it sort of uh, and depends who said it as well probably for a long part of my 20s I was really battling my feelings with it all mm. if someone had said they thought I was gay I wouldn't probably have had the confidence necessary to correct them or well, not correct them but sort of you know they actually I'm not gay I'm bisexual and you know start that conversation but mm-hmm. probably now I'm a bit older and more confident and you know much more comfortable with where I'm at I think I wouldn't really have a problem with it if I felt it was applicable because it's not always and you know people don't necessarily mean anything by it it's just it's part of talking about it more openly that more people are aware that you might be bisexual you know there are bisexual people out there so but it's that assumption isn't yeah it? I guess so yeah, I suppose I've never I've never taken it well personally really but it does depend who's mm-hmm. saying it but I think yeah you're right it's that, that assumption that the, the fact you've got to correct or even bring it up really sort of as, as not as comfortable with as... you know kind of going through that stereotype basically I think there's more sort of exposure in the workplace to the whole LGBT 
agenda, shall we say, which makes yeah. it easier for people to be exposed to things that they might not do in their own social group. Or I think it's circulars going out and the bulletins at work mentioning what's going on with the LGBT groups that might be in the workplaces. I think people, it might then just be a topic of conversation in the office where beforehand it wouldn't have ever been touched on sort of thing. I think something that's actually helped, uh, maybe this off slight tangent a little bit, but some some little things have really helped actually. So my my current workplace has LGBT flag sticker in a couple of the windows in the department. And I remember mm. first first time walking into the department and seeing those, and it it just made me think, oh, that's 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 really really oh, cool. It's like although they didn't know I was bisexual going in there, you know, it's not, not yeah. that I have a well. I've kind of announced it in a way, I'll maybe go into that in a second, but seeing that little symbol is just like, oh, you're going into a, a department that's probably, you know, uh, relaxed about it or accepting and welcoming, hopefully. So it's the same sort of idea as the, the, the lanyards and the and the patches, yeah. just the little things that from patient perspective might make people more comfortable to talk to you, mm. um, which is what you want, really. You want an ally in a department. You want want someone mm. who is yeah you're gonna be able to talk to about these things and feel that you're part of that group i suppose mm. but yeah i think it, it was funny because um i i think as you know i did an article for the bda magazine about sort of diversity and dietetics and i've tried to be more proactive about it in the workplace because i know from people's experience that if you can be open it's so liberating so freeing that just it's like a weight off your shoulders that you develop better relationships with people and basically you're, you're just a lot less anxious and stressed about a day the day-to-day -day things where you'd normally walk walking around with a bit of general level you know general anxiety bubbling there most days sort of thing about it so, mm. so i was trying to be proactive with this with my new workplace and um i showed one of them the article mm. you know, to me she'd printed it off quite a few times <laughs> and handed it around the department <laughs> oh gosh um, yeah. And part of me was like, oh, I, I probably would have liked you to have checked with me first if that was okay. Um, mm -hmm. On the other hand, I was like, oh, that's kind of probably what I needed in terms of just breaking down that uh, reluctance, I suppose, to be open and uh, or hesitancy or lack of confidence, what it is. To, mm -hmm. So, But the funny thing is that it's not, no one has ever discussed it with me in the department, apart from the, the, the person who, uh, who I gave the article to in the first place. So hasn't actually made any difference that since and i've never broached it with anybody so it's sort of again it probably it probably needs to come from me to for people to feel comfortable to discuss it because it's it's one of those topics that you can't really well you shouldn't really go up to somebody in a department and just start talking about sexuality especially in a you know if it's an open plan office or if there's no confidentiality around it or you know you could be putting someone on the spot i think which isn't really um, acceptable yeah. Would you want people to ask about it, you know, in your situation specifically where the article had gone round? Question. I think, uh, yes, I, th I think I would do. I think because sometimes unless mm. you're asked, you don't say anything. Mm -hmm. um, but if you are asked, you'll talk about it. You just almost need that little push yeah. where it's probably easy for you to stay a bit under the radar. In, in my experience, most of the time people couldn't really care less about it <laughs> so it's almost like you're you're drawing attention to yourself about something that for most people's like well what's the what's the issue here why, why do you need to tell us this you know um mm -hmm. but i guess from the the other 
from like my perspective it's sort of although it doesn't define you it is a, a big part of who you are and what what you might do in life and if you want to talk about your partner at work and you you can't really feel that you can because you're not out and mm. there's a lot of that has gone on in the past you know being very vague with your social activities and it just i think it just makes you feel quite distant so people can't really relate yeah or get, that, mm. get that close get, to you get, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the people that I have mm. come out to at work have been, I suppose the people that I've got to know well and probably are closer with anyway, but you then feel even closer knowing that. But I think, yeah, I think in the right circumstances, I think I'm OK with being asked. I think yeah. if I was, if it wasn't open knowledge and I think, it's the, I think it depends if it was in a, I think somebody asked me before and it was sort of in a more open plan situation where there's more people around and I was just sort of, I could feel myself getting hotter and hotter and hotter and sort of yeah. thinking, oh, I don't want to be talking about this here, kind of just like swallowing me up. And <laughs> yeah. um, So I think it's just a time and a place sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a good point, really. I think it's so important to make sure that you're asking at the right place and the right time, if appropriate at all, because some people might not want to share that. And I think a good way to deal with that is put out some initial feelers, see how they react to that. And then if it appears comfortable, then potentially asking a little bit more, but even then putting out some further feelers just to double check. I am someone who doesn't like discussing why I'm disabled at all. And I think we can all remember a time where I got really upset about an MDT member asking me in front of a whole MDT why I was in a wheelchair and I just wasn't in the right place and I turned around and said it was none of his business which potentially wasn't the best way for me to deal with it but at the same time I don't want to feel like I have to justify myself because of the physicality of it if that makes sense. Good. Sort of the, the norm of that group it can be quite intimidating and for a lot of people it can be quite lonely I think if you're in a workplace every day where you, you feel like you're an outsider or you know it can be quite quite marketing affecting mental health I think so talking to people and help them feel that they're welcome um, help them feel that just because they're from a different part of society that it doesn't mean they're not accepted in the in the workplace I suppose um, it could be you know being invited to social things or um, maybe not so much at the moment obviously but it's understanding mm. what people's concerns or worries are isn't it if, if they're bringing in and sometimes it's just through talking to one person and them becoming somebody you can confide in and talk to and that's all you need and your your worries about things are you know quite subside quite substantially so i suppose a bit like having a bit of a mentor in a way isn't it sort of in that sense sometimes just talk to about concerns yeah i think you've made a really nice point which is something again i hadn't really thought about of like being proactive as well like you were saying when you went and had that that was that sign up and the badges those are such small mm. things which i feel like every department could do it's a matter of fact of using up a printing credit to print out a sign or even i know that on my signature for my email i have the um nhs rainbow flag yep. and like that which i think it sounds like everyone can do it sounds like make quite a big impact yeah i, I was quite surprised actually well, when thinking about it today like what things have made me feel more comfortable in the workplace and some mm. little things like that it's really powerful so yeah definitely recommend workplaces to do that where they can do i think sort of sometimes having like a not a rep as such but sort of i mean in, in my current workplace they've got like a, a listening lead 
so somebody you can go to with concerns mm. or I don't know if they could have something around that sort of, you know, someone linked in with the LGBT group or something that people can speak to or that that could be useful sort of because um, there's lots of different societies and groups at work. So I guess it's difficult maybe to cover everything in a department. But yeah, little, little, little bits yeah. can really help. Mm, definitely. And I guess being human after all, you know, everyone's going to have their own differences, Absolutely. aren't yeah. there? Um, and, you know, you mentioned a lot about, you know, stress or anxiety around, you know, even mm. just revealing it or uh, having the workplace find out and um, perhaps being treated differently, you know, not quite fitting mm. in, I would say, because it sounds like, you know, you've got a layer of, you know, being male in a very female-dominated profession, um, you know, as, as well as the, the difference in perhaps the sexuality. Um, I mean, is there any sort of particular things that you might do to sort of de-stress or, you know, manage the anxiety well? Um, I know the talking part was quite a huge thing as well. So but is there any sort of plus? It's a tricky one, really, because I think it kind of goes hand in hand with yeah. how comfortable you feel with your sexuality. So I guess if you're if you're going in somewhere yeah. and actually you're you're completely open in your personal life, you're really at a place where you're comfortable with it, you've probably got very few anxieties in the workplace potentially you sort of I guess probably coming coming at it previously from a place where you know maybe you have, wasn't quite at that point of being comfortable myself with it then having to talk about it with other people and explain it and discuss it and have it open was just you know a big anxiety so I guess yeah that talking about it would, would definitely help but I guess getting to a point of acceptance in your personal life first I guess is Oh, kind of precursors mm. well, I suppose maybe actually I'm saying that maybe you know it could be the opposite round if you're if, if actually one of your first experiences is coming out at work and I think yeah obviously yeah. talking to people but I think kind of that's why I did the article in the, mag- the magazine just to try and push myself into addressing that I was anxious or that it was an issue for me because mm. I know that from talking to people and being more open that it it does sort of dissipate that concern. So um, the more people that yeah. know and the, the more I'm kind of addressing it, then the less it's an issue. And I think that's definitely been the case. Because there, there is a part, I think, of any, mm. if you're gay, um, bisexual, you know, it's sort of, there's a, a, you hear it quite a lot, actually, people saying they've got to regularly come out. Mm. So by doing an article, mm. we kind of, you do it in a clean sweep in a way, don't you? And it's not, you haven't got a big moment where you've come out to people or, it's sort of just done it on the sly, really. So, um, and it was great actually. I put put the article out, and I got so much positive feedback from sort of past colleagues, and it, I think it was definitely cathartic in that sense. So I think that that was a good tactic, sort of, to try and get something down on a page, and also get to get that positive mm. feedback was I think, a confidence boost in terms of being open. Oh. And, and I got a, got a, a colleague messaging back saying, "Oh, Dan, it was." great to read the article my son's just come out as bisexual and um oh. it just was like oh excellent okay so that was kind of the idea hopefully Aww. she showed the article to him and you know it's, it's probably less less so nowadays but 20 years ago my 20s it's like didn't really feel like there was anyone to look at to kind of uh, be like, yeah, mm. it's okay to be bisexual it's okay you can you know you can lead a happy life and yeah. I think that's what I've struggled with for a long time, kind of just knowing that it's mm. okay. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah. you know, it's so much more in the media right. now and society is much more sort of, I think it has progressed in that sense in terms of bisexuality being something that people will be aware of. There's still, having said mm. that, there's still, still an aspect of needing to yeah. almost justify that it yeah. exists, even like with friends and family that I've, you know, 
I've come out of a eight year relationship with a guy and friends you know, and family have been surprised when I said I'm dating a woman. And like, oh, I thought you were gay. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I've never said I'm gay. I've, you know, you know, I'm bisexual. Um, yeah. But I think they just assume bisexuality doesn't exist. So, but yeah, so it's a bit of a sort of two-sided mm-hmm. coin in that sense. But but in the in the workplace, I think it's for me anyway. Although dietetics is sort of very female dominated. I was thinking mm. about this earlier. I was thinking, what if dietetics was a much more male uh, balanced mm. profession? You know, yeah. what issues would be? Yeah. I, I think it'd be the same. I, I, it would still be. I don't think the fact that it is necessarily women. I think it's almost like a red herring in a way that it's a female dominated profession. Therefore, I've got these anxieties more about coming out. Because there'd still be a fear earlier on, probably when you're accepting things, that you'd be viewed differently from men. So mm-hmm. it'd probably be a different sort of set of anxieties. So, you know, everyone I've told at work in my previous jobs has been absolutely fine and I've got had no issues. And, you know, I've had some fantastic relationships with people, like friendship relationships, sort of meeting them at work. And I think looking back, you, you know, you worry about things a lot in your head, don't you, about whatever it is, whatever people might be concerned about. And like most things, it's a lot worse in your head than in reality. Uh, now, I know, with, I know with sexuality, it's a little bit different and people have got to be careful and their workplaces might be different to ours potentially, but um, people might not feel comfortable in doing it for whatever reason. But I think if I was to go back now, I'd be like, oh, you got to, you know, you got to own it. I know it's a bit cheesy to say, but you've definitely got to own your sexuality and get out there and... As I said before, mm. people don't really care. So if you've got these anxieties in your head, it's definitely, a, 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 I'd love to go back sort of 20 years and do it again and to do it differently. And, but yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, it's about owning yourself, isn't definitely. it, at the end of the day and accepting the you are. And it sounds like you've done, you know, quite a lot of self-growth. I think it's definitely affected my personality in terms of being maybe shyer and more, so maybe hesitant to engage, we say. So, um I think if advice to people I guess who are bisexual maybe are struggling with accepting it. I guess there's no there's no time frame, is there, to accept it? You kind of you find your own way with with your feelings and but definitely talking to people helps. I mean I actually had some counselling after the end of my last relationship just to kind of well actually no, it was towards the end of the last relationship, just to try and help make sense of those feelings and actually saying things that maybe I've never said before out loud and that is so powerful so you might be popping a lot of things up and you know actually getting out getting those words out and saying things around your sexuality something so simple would be quite a big weight off your shoulders so also look at what supports out there there's so mm. much out there now in terms of social media social groups you know there's a you know events on LinkedIn to sort of you know with pride or most most workplaces will have a group that you can tap into but i think i know bisexuality is quite a, a tricky one as well it's, it's not just this it's varied isn't it it's, you're not just bisexual it's quite fluid within that so mm. bisexuality for one person might be quite different from another person so it is about understanding yourself isn't it at the end of the day and uh, you know the terms and some people don't don't like using the term bisexuality or uh, or other terms because it sort of pigeonholes people and to a certain extent i get that but also i think it can help people understand when you're trying to, you know, maybe explain sexuality if, if they've got a bit of a, a grounding point, I suppose. And but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure whether I was, if I was growing up now, you know, whether I'd be something 
we had to call us, you know, identify something a bit more fluid than same bisexual. So it, it is sort of, mm. I guess that's a whole other topic, I guess. But it, I think it, it's helped me understand myself more, having something to uh, at least sort of a starting point, I suppose, rather than just trying to make sense of all these feelings and not understand, be fighting, fighting how you're feeling, you know. Clearly remember walking uh, through the tube. Um, I think we're going up an escalator and... I think it was at a period where I was dating a woman and hadn't really had much attraction to a man for a while and was trying to almost like block it out in a way, thinking, you know, it's it's not me. But then seeing this guy coming the other way on the escalator and kind of being like, just hits you sort of that physical attraction at least. And think, oh no, there it is. Yep, still there. Um, but <laughs> um, it sort of, I don't know, I don't know where the point was with that now for lost of thought, but I think having that awareness of yourself um mm -hmm. as you're sort of making sense of the feelings and talking to people whoever that might be workplace home society groups or something you know that can be really powerful so um and i think just by listening to what you've been saying i know you were mentioning earlier about role models and not really having anyone mm. to look up to and i think it's so amazing that you've you're doing this podcast you did that article for the bda because i think for people coming up and coming throughout their dietetic careers it's nice for them to maybe have someone to look up to and someone to maybe relate to and really impressed with the way you've kind of carried yourself through all that and i think it's really important and really important to have that visibility and um, what would you advise anyone who has been experiencing maybe some biphobia in the workplace hmm. Do you have any advice of things you might tell them? Yeah, I guess it's a good question that because um, even though I think I've said I've probably not really experienced anything too extreme, I think there's definitely going to be people that you know are going to. So I think I think it all depends who who it is that, that that they've experienced it from. I suppose I guess in the in the first instance, you'd hope you'd be able to speak to your your, your line manager about something, but if if either they're the person that it's coming from or you don't feel comfortable in discussing it, you know, your department lead or then you're looking at outside of the department, what if, what has your workplace got in place that, you know, is there an LGBT group you could go to and representatives within there that you could discuss that with? Is it something you could talk to, you know, the BDA union reps? You know, they've got uh, um, quite a uh, well-established uh, person within the BDA sort of that deals with LGBT issues. I think it's it depends. I think it depends. Obviously, mm. you think you'd be able to if you can't discuss it with the person and resolve an issue. It depends how serious it is, well, I guess, doesn't it? As well, it's not sort of just to downplay it, but if it is a serious issue, it would need to be escalated, wouldn't it? And I don't know if you've got any thoughts mm. on that. A throwaway remark or something, couldn't it? Or mm. which which you think could be dealt with quite easily but it could be more of the harassment end of the scale potentially so you know it depends really where it fits within that doesn't it in terms of the response probably but uh, yeah i think some people i don't think the first point of no, exactly. could be the no. trade union rep it's not usually what people think of um and if it's not well promoted in the team as well you know you wouldn't think to do that um but i still think you know it's quite a, a vital you know resource to use even if it is 
you know, for a chat anyways, um, just to have a chat about the circumstances. Am I doing the right thing? Just yeah, because they've got such a lot of experience well. and know a lot of people as well. So I think that could be it's a, a general chat yeah. with somebody like that would be really useful. Because I think, um, as people were saying, like, you know, it could sound mm. quite formal to kind of reach out to the trade unions and so on and you know i don't think it has to be you know it's they're, they're kind of there quite confidentially anyways um and you know not to say that you speak to them, you've got to escalate things there and then through them um so it's just about seeking that yeah that's a really, really good well. point i think yeah um, people are probably a bit maybe a bit afraid to take it to that point because they think it's really escalating it isn't it but actually it's it could be the opposite and just to, yeah, that quick check-in chat sort of thing actually resolve an issue through that yeah definitely um, and I guess coming to the end of um, our podcast at the moment, I think the final thing, kind of alongside, you know, having that passive support with, you know, showing, um, you know, the, the rainbow lanyards, you know, having the LGBTQ rainbow signs up in the office. And perhaps this, is there any sort of particular days, you know, we should be aware of to the general public that, you know, we'd like to get involved with? You've got the Pride events at uh... Um, that take place and I know some workplaces really encourage people to get involved in that through either individually or getting into the LGBT groups. There's a t the 23rd of September is a, a day they've allocated out. Um, it's, it's probably known for other things as well like most dates now but it is the bi what's it called? Bisexuality Visibility Day something along those lines. So I've actually, that has prompted me in the past to come out to people that I hadn't come out to yet. So it can be quite a, it might seem quite silly to have a day allocated to it, but it's sort of, if, if you are trying to come out, it can be just that prompt you need sometimes. And um, you might read someone else's article or hear an interview about someone or see something online and on that particular day and that's prompted it. So um, yeah, I think that's quite, quite a good one to be aware of. Um, um, in terms of mm. just from a bisexuality perspective, yeah, 23rd of September. Brilliant. Well, thank you for that. Hopefully all the listeners um, will be able to take note of your experiences. I think that's been invaluable. Um, and Dan, yourself, I mean, if, if people wanted to reach out or, you know, get in contact with yourself even. Absolutely, um, yeah, you definitely. definitely. Or... You know, I don't want to sort of group it all into one, but I think there's lots of crossovers mm. in terms of if you're you know gay or lesbian bisexual sort of that we can all relate to each other so i think that it can be useful just to speak to somebody about their concerns or worries um if they don't feel they've got anyone in the workplace mm. that they can do that too brilliant um and do you have um would, would you prefer that via email or do you have a contact or a linkedin probably the best one to get me on is if you use uh, dan glover uk yahoo.co.uk just pop me pop me an email on that that's fine yeah yep okay. brilliant thank you so much dan um hopefully um it's inspired uh people listening as well sort of i guess step up or you know um have any sort of supporting words that you've provided so far you know some advice that they can do at their own workplace as well really and uh you know a, a positive platform to be um using these podcasts really to examine how diverse the workforce can be and what places you can do to you know improve how people are managing really at day-to-day -day sort of level at work so well done yeah thank you so much affected by any of the issues heard on this podcast today or want to be a better ally or support search diverse dietitian support group uk on facebook and look out for further social media from us stay healthy friends Thank you.